welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we were thinking we'd carry on with our little why series. We hadn't planned on a why series, but it seems like that's what we're doing. But you had a great reason to do it. <laughs> we did. So uh, we have a very nice tweet from uh, Michael Bolton, who uh, I'm not sure if he listened or just read the tweet, but uh, he's, of course, the uh, famous exploratory testing guy who uh, has lots of uh, very interesting experience. And uh, here's what his tweet says in response to ours about last week's episode, where we talked about uh, why being a, a useful question to ask and, and how it could be uh, valuable to you. So what he says is, I got some good advice from an NLP practitioner once. We think that means neurolinguistic programming, but we're not sure. Um, he offered the heuristic that why puts people on the defensive and that help me understand or what's the motivation for might land a little better. So Jeffrey, how's that compare to your experience where you were telling us last week that you'd asked a, a client why and he'd he'd actually listened to you? <laughs> well, I think it's uh, uh, I think it's a really great question from a great great advice uh, from Michael uh, or this uh, NLP practitioner who's unnamed via Michael. And uh, I also thought it was interesting that uh, uh, someone else replied in the thread with Michael, a guy named Brian Deo. He said, uh, "Yeah, actually, there's some really good." Um, other advice along this lines in a book uh, called Never Split the Difference by this guy, Chris Voss. And I was hey, like, wait hey. a minute, we mentioned that last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, that's, we know him. We, we'd linked to his uh, YouTube video last week. And uh, it, it, it had me go look up actually exactly what Voss said. And I, I found that. And, and just remind us, who, who is Voss? Where, what's, why is he interesting? What's Never Split the Difference about? Yeah, so Chris Voss had been the lead negotiator for the FBI. And uh, so he brought his years of experience then uh, out into this into this book, uh, and he said some uh, entertaining videos about it, and, and you can f find lots of different references to it online. Um, I haven't we'll, read the book. We'll yet. link in the show notes as we always do, of course. Yep, we'll put a link to the book there. Um, I did go look up a book summary because I want to see particularly this issue about why, and it, uh, he had a, just a nice succinct quote uh, that said, "Why is always an accus accusation in any language." And I thought that was a, a great point. And it goes back to what uh, Michael had, had said, which is that why puts people on the defensive? Because it comes across as an ac accusation. And, and Voss, I think, if, if, if I understood you correctly, I haven't read the book, but I think his advice was actually don't ask why unless you want your negotiation to go off the rails. <laughs> you're you're, you're going to have trouble if you ask why. He said it slightly differently. He says never, never ask why unless that will lead them to defend something that helps your cause. He's, ah, okay. He says it's a little bit more uh, nuanced, which is he says that you can use it as a tool because it so reliably draws a reaction. But it says it's a, generally you, you wouldn't ask why because it will cause this defensive reaction, though you might tactically do it if you kind of know it will trigger someone a certain way. Got it. And in a hostage situation, which is probably a little more more um, more hot than than most of our, our listeners or, or you or me are in, we, we don't usually. You know, the, your client probably didn't have any hostages uh, when you were uh, <laughs> when you were talking to him, and he was angry with you. But um, it's, we really ought to listen to to Voss because if he's figured out um, how to negotiate with hostage takers, we can probably manage the, the people we've got and your client, for example. But um, what I'm confused by is if we're saying why is a great thing, it's a good, it's a signal that you should find out more and it's a good thing to do, then Voss is telling us not to ask why. Uh, uh, what, what, what do we think about that? 
How, how do we how do we square those things? And I think it's uh, I, I think this is the the point we go back. We think about how we started this, which was your your Mister Why, which is the person who was asking the question internally. And so I think the point here for us is that that Why really should be a trigger. There's when you find yourself asking Why, don't necessarily blurt out the question Why. Because that was what Mr. Y was doing all the time. People would come to him and say, hey, we want you to change the process this way. We want you to build this feature. We want you. In his situation, people were telling him which hosting, non-technical people were telling him which hosting provider to use. And he was saying to himself, why on earth would you tell me how to do that? You don't know how to spell <laughs> AWS. And uh, But he never asked it. He never actually blurted it out. So I guess what we're now saying is um, maybe blurting it out exactly as it is in your head is not the best idea. Is that is that right? Yes, that's exactly right. And if we look uh, back at the conversations from last week, the, the point was about going from that internal why into an external curiosity. And so it's it's less about uh, then coming back and you know demanding to someone why. Why did you do that? Uh, which I don't think would be effective, but but rather realizing that you have this internal why, and it's you you really should take that as a, as again as a trigger to action, and the action is say well let's assume the person has a good reason, but I I don't know what it is like that's the point is to say oh there probably was a reason and I should get genuinely curious, and um, there's a this phrase here being genuinely curious is kind of a, a jargon for me at this point. I mean something very specific about it. What I mean is I'm going to ask a question where the answer might actually change my mind. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of questions are not like that. <laughs> a lot of questions that people ask each other all day, every day are, are, are very much ones where you expect a certain answer. If you don't get it, you're going to be very surprised. That that reflexive, you know, why did you do that? We do mean it as an accusation. And what we're really saying, we're not really asking a question. What we're saying is you were wrong to do that. Our, our, our old friend, Benjamin Mitchell, uh, taught us a, a, a very useful technique for this. So if you can put the words, you idiot, at the end of your question, and right. uh, it doesn't sound <laughs> weird, then yeah. um, you, you've got a non-genuine question. So why did you do that, Jeffrey? You idiot. Yes. Works just fine. Therefore, that's not a great question. Whereas I'm really curious about your reasoning for uh, choosing to implement this feature this way. Could you tell me more about that, you idiot? That doesn't work. <laughs> you can definitely hear that the, the second one is a genuine question because um, it does not presuppose an answer and, and, and is not accusatory. Yeah. Or if we go to one of the examples that uh, Michael gave, we'd say like, well, what was the motivation for you coming to that decision, you idiot? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't seem quite as, uh, as natural. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really, especially what we're talking about here is, is trying to cultivate that inner curiosity. And now the question comes in, well, how do we produce that? And I think there is some, some practice to that about being able to skillfully asked questions that, um, that have the right degree of, of empathy in them. So when uh, we want to say, so, you know, how did you, you know, what led you to make this decision is different than, you know, why did you decide that? You know, why did, why did you decide to not move ahead? Uh, or so what were the factors in the decision? You know, sort of trying to be a bit, a bit richer in the, in the vocabulary. And signal that you're, you have genuine curiosity. I, I tend to over signal. I'm not sure if I do it well or not, but uh, I, I tend to over signal and say, well, I'm really curious about, and, and I have a view, which is this, but, but it could be wrong. And I'm, I'd be interested in hearing whether, whether you see it differently. What do you think? Maybe I do too much of that. I'm not sure, but um, I, I try to err on the side of signaling too much. Uh, I think that's really probably helpful because uh, I think it's it it given the way that our habits are, 
uh, where normally we would admit all these things. And we think that we're, we're be producing totally reasonable behavior. Uh, but that's because, you know, we're hearing as something, another analogy we've used before on the podcast, you know, we're hearing the music inside of our head while we're tapping on the table. And for people who uh, haven't listened to that episode, there was a study done where people were asked to tap out a song like happy birthday to you uh, on the table. And then other people would try to guess what it was they were tapping out. And when, when they asked people like how likely it is, do you think that a person will be able to, to guess accurately? They, they rated their uh, performance as uh, the guessability of the performance much higher than it actually was. It's so obvious. I can hear it. Everybody knows that's uh, the Mary had a little lamb. Everyone knows that. Exactly. And the problem is because they, because they knew what they were trying to get across, they, they were hearing that music in their head as they tapped. They didn't actually hear the tapping. <laughs> they, what they heard was the tapping plus the music. And of course, then you could easily guess it. And the poor other person doesn't have, only has half of that, only has the tapping. Exactly. And that's the problem when we're, we're in these conversations is we may be you know, genuinely curious and genuinely uh, open to what people have to say, but they don't know that because they're not, you know, they've not developed mind reading and all they have to go on is what we actually produce, which is often probably closer to, why did you think that? Uh, As opposed to uh, what you produced, which was, you know, I have a view and this is what I'm thinking and I'm, you know, and and that's leading me to, for these reasons. Uh, But I also uh, know I might be wrong. So when I hear you say something different, I'm really curious what's behind it. You know, producing all that, what you're what you're really doing is getting that music out of your head and into the conversation between the two of you. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll we'll close with a, an observation um, and a teaser for something we could pick up in another podcast where people are interested. There's a whole bunch of different things which we've uh, developed and, and 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 thought about, which are the, the signals like the the question why um, that are actually uh, we call them triggers and tells um, using some some language from poker. And there's a, a whole bunch of different things that we could say about that, but we won't today. It's uh, in- interesting stuff about what you can observe in your own brain that can then um, uh, trigger you or cause you to take a different action. And uh, I think our argument today is that why is one of those. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we should we can explain enough to say what we have told you here is, is we're giving you an example of a trigger. If we look at the whole cross, the whole series, uh, we've given you in sort of three parts. If you find yourself being like that Mr. Why and internally asking, why are you doing that? you know, don't necessarily act it up, but, but recognize that you're doing it. Say, oh, that, that trigger, I find myself asking that frustrated why. What was I supposed to do again? I'm sorry, I planned that when this happened, I would be curious. You know, saying something like, uh, look, I'd really like to understand. Can you help me understand how you got there? Or, you know, what was your motivation for, or something along that lines? Can I understand your reasoning? And, uh, and that's that idea of planning in advance what you would want to do when the trigger happens is kind of the, the heart of it. And it turned out that this this series accidentally ended up being the three parts in, in that formulation. That sounds good to me. All right. So uh, thanks, everybody, for, for listening. And of course, we're interested in your comments and thoughts and questions. So uh, please feel free to share those, those with us at troubleshootingagile.com. And you'll find email and, and Twitter and everything else. That's how Michael Bolton found us. So uh, we're, we're interested in uh, seeing more uh, comments from uh, any of you who might have interesting thoughts on, on why as a trigger. Uh, we're also going to be in Ghent uh, in Belgium. Uh, that is where it is, isn't it, Jeffrey? <laughs> yes, that's right. Ghent is in Belgium. Jeffrey's busy. Okay, well, I knew Ghent was in Belgium. I wasn't sure where, <laughs> where the conference was. We're going to be at the KitCon conference. Note the pronunciation. It's uh, C-I-T-C-O-N, link in the... Uh, in the show notes. Uh, Jeffrey, you probably know the dates. I don't. It's uh, going to be May 17th and 18th. 
2019. And uh, for people who go to the website in the show notes, it's called the Continuous Integration and Testing Conference. Uh, and it really covers topics of continuous delivery. However, it's an open space conference, meaning people can pr propose any topic. And certainly it's quite likely that you and I will, will, will propose topics along the lines of triggers and tells or troubleshooting agile or some of these other types of topics uh, uh, that we, we cover on this podcast. That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. So uh, we'd love to see any of our listeners in Ghent or to see you on Twitter or email or any place else. We like it when you click the subscribe button and uh, come back every Wednesday for a, a new podcast. And uh, we'll see you next week uh, when we might talk about triggers and tells. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Carl. Well.